Hello everybody and welcome to episode 15 of the Shiny Bees podcast. Swans, clowns and unicorns. Today is Sunday the 1st of March and coming up in today's show we've got some news, we've got all the rundown and gossip from Pod Retreat with a giveaway and we have the famous Shiny Bees pattern pick. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Shiny Bees podcast. This one is of course coming to you from our new location, yet another new house, in Bonnie, Scotland. How are you all? I hope you've all been having a good time since I last spoke to you and hope you're all well. I had planned to record a few weeks ago actually, um on a kind of tighter, newer schedule and I had everything written but when I moved to Scotland I got some dirty Scottish germs and uh, I got a cold, I never get ill, ever. Uh, the last time I was ill I got flu was when I got married, that was like five and a half years ago so I never get sick but I obviously picked up some kind of weird Scottish germs that I don't have any inbuilt immunity to. And unfortunately that has only just cleared up really, so I've had um, a podcast ready to go for quite a while, but I sounded a bit like I uh, I had my head full of sawdust, so I couldn't really record. I'm sure you'll be pleased to hear that I'm now feeling 100% better again. I don't really believe in colds being sickness, to be honest, they're not, not that bad. I don't like to malinger or anything, so it was very frustrating. Um, but that has now gone, so um, I'm back with you. We have landed here in Fife in Scotland, which is commonly known as the Kingdom of Fife. And it is situated between the Firth of Tay to the north and the Firth of Forth, which is to the south. A person from Fife is known as a Fifer, and it is Scotland's third largest local authority area by population. The resident population is around 360,000 and a third of these people live in the three principal towns of Dunfermline, Kirkcaldy or Kirkcaldy if you want to do it properly in Scottish like they do on the train and uh, Glenrothes. I am very much looking forward to doing some exploring of my new local area and I know already there are quite a few yarn shops uh, to go and have a look at which I'm going to hopefully get round to over the next few weeks and I can share that with all of you. I ventured north into Dundee a couple of weeks ago now uh, to a, a meeting with a friend of mine who asked me to go along with her uh, to a meeting of sceptics in the pub which is a meeting of sceptics in a pub as it sounds and the, these groups happen all over the country apparently. This was my first ever meeting of sceptics in the pub it will uh, no doubt surprise you to hear. Um, so I went along to listen to a talk on cryptozoology and whether it was um, a science or a pseudoscience, as you do or on a Monday night. So we went to this, this really old man sort of pub in Dundee um, with very, very retro 1970s signs outside and pitched up to this meeting of sceptics in the pub. Um, and on the way, we were actually talking in the car and um, my friend Harriet was laughing and saying, about how we, we have such niche hobbies and I'm always banging on about knitting club and knitting retreats and uh, she she's dragging me along to a meeting of sceptics in the pub to listen to a talk on cryptozoology. So giggle we did and off we went into the, the, the talk and it became quickly obvious when we went in that 
there were a lot of, of terribly, terribly geeky people there. Lovely people. I like geeks. It didn't bother me at all. But you know when you go into a place and you, you're really not geeky enough? And you used to be pretty much the geekiest person. And then you get there and you realise that there's a whole new level of geeky that you could only aspire to. Well, that was us. We were, like, the cool kids. So, uh, we sat down and listened to the talk. Really, really interesting. Not too much talk about the lot that next monster. Um, but uh, half time came. And... It was time to, you know, to visit the ladies and get more drinks and stuff. So off off I went next door into the back room to go through to the ladies. And who do I find in there but the knitting group? The knitting group that had been kicked out of the room we were in because the, the sceptics in the pub were in there. At which point I thought, I'm really, I'm in the wrong room, aren't I? And I, normally I bring my knitting, but I wasn't sure whether that would be appropriate for sceptics in the pub. And I kind of chickened out a little bit because I thought I might have to concentrate quite hard on what was being said. Um, so I didn't bring it, otherwise I could have just done the second half of the meeting in, in, in with the knitting group. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to go back yet, because um, I've been quite busy on Monday evenings, but hopefully this week I'll get to go back and uh, and go and chat to them all again. They all seemed very, very nice. I spent the whole interval chatting to them about knitting. So that was good. And other than that, we have... I've been away on, on pod retreat, which I mentioned last time... Um, and it was just, I thought it must be a couple of weeks for a couple of weeks prior to going. And it was organised by uh, Nick from Yarns from the Plane and uh, Amy from Knit Spin Cake Podcasts. So that has got its own separate uh, section because it's quite a long one. And I just wanted for those people, there were quite a few people who wanted to go and didn't get the opportunity to. So I thought it'd be quite good fun to share the kind of yarny stuff we got up to and a couple of the uh, the funnier aspects of, of our trip uh, so that you don't feel that you've been left out. In other yarny news, yesterday we posted out the first quarter club for the Golden Skay, which was dyed to the theme picture of Tornado of London. I'm very, very excited to see how these yarns are received and uh, see exactly what people make with them. Hopefully they'll all arrive tomorrow. It's going to be very exciting Monday for everyone. Everyone needs cheering up on a Monday, let's be honest. So we'll see how we get on. Come and join our Ravelry group if you would like. You don't need to be a member of the Golden Skin to do that. We've had a few new members and it's quite um, good fun to see some new people in there as well. We will be listing shortly... Um, any leftover skins that we had from the trial club yarn so if you missed out on that but would like to get your hands on some of that stuff now it will be available soon we've also introduced in the golden skein uh, a pay by monthly installment option because a lot of our customers were asking for that option to be available so we did that because we want everyone to be happy and to have lots of nice yarn so um no more on the golden skin for now but in the next update i uh, will let you know what everyone's been making and how everything went down with that if you would like to go and look at any further information on the golden skin it can be found at www.thegoldenskin.com so i think we should go on to pod retreat So, as I mentioned, we attended Pod Retreat last weekend, and I can safely say I have not laughed as much in a long, long time. It was hilarious. I had so much fun. It is untrue. 
It was organised by Nick from Yarns of the Plain podcast and Amy from Knitspin Cake, as I mentioned, and basically consisted of four days in a very large old Victorian villa in Chester. This I love Victorian architecture. As you all know, the Money Pit is a Victorian house and continues to plague me with problems uh, since the last podcast that I'm not going to bore you with. Um, so I absolutely loved the house because I love, like I said, I love Victorian architecture and I just think that the Victorians have such a sense of style when it comes to buildings and interiors um, that the men up have, uh, have quite that survived the ages in this particular property, but uh, more on that later. I decided to get the train because when I signed up to Pod Retreat, I lived in Lincolnshire and it wasn't actually that far to drive, uh, but by the time we were actually going... I lived in Fife and it was considerably further to drive so I decided to get the train down instead and make the most of the five hours of knitting time on the way there and another five hours on the way back in first class because it was cheap because it's a weekend so I thought I'd treat myself to a little bit extra uh, leg room and, and go first class on the way back which was, was pretty reasonable actually. As I mentioned the uh, the house was lovely it was um like I said, big old Victorian villa on a big wide road going into Chester in uh, Huff Green, I think it is. It was just hilarious from from the minute we rocked up. Um, the 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 owner of the property obviously has quite a niche taste in in art, and most of the bedrooms and a lot of the downstairs reception rooms were covered in what can only be described as. Uh, dodgy 70s sci-fi soft porn fantasy clown art and if that sounds like a mouthful and a little bit dodgy uh believe me if you've seen nothing until you've seen the pictures um amy from knitspin cake apparently took some uh, some photos of of the art and i will be delighted to share these with you on the blog uh, subject to her approving that i'm sure she won't deprive you of this viewing pleasure so yeah, quite apart from this really dodgy clone art, including one in, in the dining room, and you've got to eat while, you, while you're looking at this, uh, that involved basically a woman, scantily clad woman, uh, with nothing on but a kind of, um, a, well she had a boobies out for a start, and uh, some kind of strategically placed sort of wafts of fabric around her other areas that were being held in place by flying swans. She also had... Uh, suspenders, not suspenders, stockings on and round the top of those, round the kind of the border of those were, were white swans as well and she's floating through the air with these three massive big kind of peacock feathers in her hair as well or ostrich feathers in her hair and in the background there's a, a clone with a hoop that she's sort of floating towards with her boobies out uh, really really odd and and set the tone really for the rest of of the dodgy kind of art some of which was quite scary um we're not sure whether the art was done was just a kind of fetish of the owner or whether she painted it um but uh, yeah definitely a talking point and um as was the i love me wall in the sorry the dogs have just got up off the couch there i'm not entirely sure why something's obviously happening um where was I? Yeah, the I Love Me wall in the hallway, which which basically consisted of a, a gallery of, of pictures of, of the owner, looking exactly the same as she now, as she does did then, it would have seemed. I didn't get to meet her, unfortunately. I'm very disappointed about that. Um, including one choice picture where she's vaulting uh, a wooden fence. Sorry, Womble, am I boring you, lad? That was Womble. He's my little snorkel dog. 
and um, yeah, one choice picture of the owner in uh, vaulting a wooden fence in uh, a white batwing shell suit. So you can kind of imagine uh, how long they've been up there. But it was it was just hilarious. It just that just set the kind of tone for the rest of the time, really. There was also another comedy picture downstairs in the sort of morning room, and it was like a side-on portrait, a hand stenciled, drawn portrait or, or of the owner um, or Princess Diana. We're not sure whether it was Princess Diana or supposed to be or the owner in the style of. Um, but that was also downstairs in the morning room and provided us with, with much entertainment. Um, we the, the weekend was extremely well organised uh, by Nick and Amy and we got a fab goodie bag when we arrived which was just so exciting. Which was made, the goodie bag itself was made by Daisy Bamboo Designs which you will be familiar with if you listen to Amy's podcast. It is run by... Amy and her mom, and from what she was saying, it's pretty much um, Amy's the, the the big boss, and and her mom works in a kind of sweatshop making these bags for us all. So <laughs> because apparently every time Amy touches a machine, it breaks, so she makes her mom do it. And her mum is absolutely lovely. I've met her at Yarndale, and she's really really nice. So they were in the pattern. Um, the pattern on those was uh, licorice all sorts, and I absolutely love licorice, so I was absolutely made up. And inside, there were lots of different goodies. We got a little lap cloth for spinning from the Cheshire Guild of Spinners, Weavers and Dyers. And also a beautiful skein of yarn that had been hand-dyed by Nick. Now, a few months ago, she kind of put a few things in a little shop on Etsy. And I had my eye on an orange skein. And I was like, right, I'm going to go back and buy that. And by the time I actually got round to it, it had gone. But she also dyed some fibre then as well. And I think it's something that she's experimenting with at the moment. And she used an inspiration picture, which I thought obviously was amazing. Like the golden skin. So, and this was a picture of um, some Roman uh, men, really. Um, There is a proper name for it that eludes me at the moment. But basically, imagine Rome kind of armour, red skirts, little red thing, little red mohawk on the head. Uh, it, the picture was that. So the colourway came out and it had some kind of the browns of the leather, the very red kind of bright colour of, of the little mohawk. I'm sure it's got a proper name. I don't know what it is. I'm going to call it a mohawk. Um, some of the greys of the uh, the armour and some of the kind of the orange and gold colours as well. It was absolutely lovely. So I got all excited and caked that up on, on Amy's machine. And uh, yeah, I've never seen so many ball winders and swifts in one place. As if we hadn't all packed about a million projects to do anyway. But that was fun. We had, we had a great time winding, winding yarn. And that I'm probably going to knit up into uh, Knit Night, which is a pattern by Louise Zaspangham. And that is for a shawl a garter stitch shawl that's a really kind of easy simple pattern to rem- remember so that's what it's called knit night you can take it to knit night and not have to worry about it you can chat away and it's, a, it's an easy pattern to follow so i think it might become that either that awesome socks but it, knit night is winning at the moment we also got a little badge which i've stuck on my little project bag 
um, a pod retreat 2014 badge and some stitch markers which are also from Daisy Bumboo Designs um, these are lovely the very kind of classic little white uh, stitch marks with little knitting abbreviations on them and they look like they're going to be really useful and really kind of chic when you've got your little knitting project out so that should be good there was also in the bag I know there's loads of stuff uh, some Aaron yarn uh, from Rowan and Amy and Nick are both designed patterns a different pattern each that went with this yarn so I think I will make the hat uh, that Amy designed out of that which um, I think is going to be lovely it's really nice and soft and uh, I will tell you about this now before I continue with the rest of the story because I will forget otherwise but um, Amy and Nick very kindly donated a ball of the Rowan yarn and a pod retreat badge for a giveaway for the podcast so for those of you who wanted to go and didn't get the chance to or, or would just like a badge and some yarn um, to enter all you need to do is leave a comment on the thread for this episode on my Ravelry group which is just shiny bees podcast or you can just tweet me at shiny bees with the hashtag pod retreat to enter You'll get an entry for each of those if you do both and you will also get an entry for every retweet you do of the tweet announcing episode 15 which is this episode. The closing date for that is the 31st of March and I will let you know about the winner um, as soon as thereafter. Anyway, onward from the competition. I thought it would be pertinent to tell you about all the different activities we got up to because... Um, Nick is a school teacher and, and we had to do some education while we were there and it was really good, really good fun, very interesting. The first day we didn't um, we didn't actually get up to much because we all got there about sort of three o'clock-ish and by the time we got there and got back to the house and unpacked and stuff, uh, we just chilled and um, on the Friday we went to Macclesfield to Macclesfield Silk Museum and Paradise Mill. We had a private tour of Paradise Mill, which was a fully working mill until the late 80s, I think it was. But we had a private tour, as I mentioned, by which was given by a very knowledgeable guide. Um, she was lovely, actually, and she knew loads of different stuff about all the different aspects of the, um, of the silk production and about all the machinery and things. And it was really interesting. And the building, essentially, was, was left as it is now when it closed down and they um, obviously got together and, and got enough money to keep the machinery and to keep it all going as a kind of um, monument really I suppose to to the silk industry in Macclesfield and that that particular factory was quite famous for producing um, different jacquards um, in producing them uh, by hand until like the very last days essentially it was really interesting walking around because um, all the old machinery is there and it's it's up on the top floor because that's where it would have been from Victorian times because that's where the light was and they didn't have electric lights when the mill was been built. But the wood on the floors was really cre really big massive uh, planks but it was really creaky and you could just feel the edge and the character kind of in the in the room really. It was amazing, very interesting stuff. She was also telling us about how uh, they used a lot of children in the um, industry to do certain jobs and 
when when she was giving the demonstrations, it looked quite easy, and she was like winding these little bobbins and things. And then Nick had a go, and she's a spinner and everything, so you think she'd be good at it. But she started talking, and it went everywhere, and she cut a finger, and you just think there were five year olds doing that. You know, it must have been quite dangerous. Um, that's no slight on Nick, and I'm not saying that she's she's a complete klutz or anything. But can you imagine a five year old doing those kinds of jobs? Um, it's pretty scary, really. And after that, we went down to the Silk Museum, which is just adjacent to Paradise Mill, and uh, walked around there. And that's a lot more kind of set up with exhibitions and everything's up on the wall and laid out so you can look at things. Uh, what I thought was particularly good in there was the amount of activities for children to do as you go around the museum. There was obviously a lot of information for adults and things to look at, and then there were special kind of areas to entertain the children where they could look under microscopes at different different uh, fibres and do little different bits of weaving and match colours up to dyes and all sorts of things um, that would have kept them quiet for a little while at least. And also upstairs in the museum there was a textile artist's uh, exhibition and had all these uh, organza dresses hung up from the ceiling that were just floated in the room that looked like a load of ghosts. It was really strange and each one had been decorated by a different textile artists and all of the work of uh, how they came to be inspired by it was was in the journals and you could look at that and look at the what they produced and see how they got there so that was quite interesting as well there's also a little cafe in there with uh, some very very reasonable price cake so if you are in the area of Macclesfield I would definitely recommend going there because it is well worth a look it's very interesting for anyone who's really interested in kind of um, fibre arts really after we'd had our educational morning, we we were hungry, so we went to Weatherspoons, did a bit of knitting, and uh, I didn't have any beer, but some of the other people may have drunk toffee, apple cider, etc. <laughs> Which again, it's always good fun on a Friday afternoon to be, you know, away from the children and doing whatever you want, really. That. Uh, evening after we got back to the house we did a swap as well which was suggested by one of the ladies who was attending and I was fortunate enough to get her parcel which was a massive win on my part and the plan was just to do a swap from stash or make something to the value of about 15 quid uh, bring it along and, and we'll all swap it and it's kind of like free then isn't it because it's stuff that you already had which which I thought was a really good idea so my thought process for that was I was going to I was going to liberate a golden skein essentially uh, and it wasn't just kind of heartless marketing I was just I went up to my boxes and to have a look to find something and I was looking through and I found about three or four different things that I absolutely love but I've had for over a year and I've not used it and I just thought I'm just adding more stuff more nice things to the box and not enough is kind of coming out and what I wanted to do was to find something that I really really loved but I wanted to set it free and I wanted to give it to someone who could use it sooner rather than later because that always happens when you get something new you just use it straight away and if it's been in your staff for a while you can love it but using it it just doesn't happen as quickly as you do when you get something new I don't know there's probably some kind of law of physics attached to that some law of stash um, but it, that's just what happens, isn't it? You get something new and you, you cast that on straight away and the other gorgeous stuff you've got, you kind of forget about it a little bit. So I did that and I picked out something that, that I think is beautiful. Forgot the wrapping paper, as did Nick and Steaders, so we all wrapped ours in newspaper. So I couldn't automatically pick either of their stuff because 
it was wrapped in newspaper and I might accidentally pick my own stuff again. So um, I went for, I'm not going to lie to you, I went for the prettiest paper with butterflies on because my best friend loves butterflies. And um, my parcel contained a scarf and it was a hand woven scarf in well loads of colours it was almost it's almost like tartan really um but there's loads it's all done in four ply the main kind of body of it is a really dark purple and then through all of the of the weaving and, and the the how it's been done is is all these different different other colours um and Liz uh made it she she wove it herself I was I just I couldn't speak when I opened it I was just so shocked that I got this amazing scarf and I was it was it was weird because I was like I'm so glad I've got something that's already made because now I can enjoy it straight away and I wore it to a networking meeting on on uh, on Wednesday to Aberdeen on the train I was like got on the train with my my little scarf on got my swag on got on the train I'm like move over I've got this awesome scarf people um, even though I forgot my knitting for you know three hours of being on the train that night, I had my awesome scarf, so it didn't matter. Um, and yeah, she made it, she wove it, and it, she'd used a lot of scraps from old projects as well. So it kind of feels like there's there was that project that she made for me or whoever got it, but then there's all these other projects kind of woven into it as well, and some of them have got little bits of sparkling, and it's really, really, really lovely. Um, I was really thrilled with that everyone was jealous and of course I got up and started swagging around the living room with it and showing off as you do um, so I was really really pleased with it it's really nice um, I did have a little bit of yarn envy uh, Stedder's got a skein of Countess of Blaise uh, sparkly dark grey sock yarn that I think Amy had given uh, into the swap and it, that was really lovely but I was super glad that I got the uh, I got the scarf so yeah it's my special special good luck networking scarf now it seems to go well on uh, on Wednesday night so we'll see how we get on with that on the Saturday we went out to Stash in Chester which is a yarn store and that is situated it's just kind of outside of Chester it's only about 10 minutes away from where we're staying on an industrial estate and we spent the morning in there knitting and drinking tea. And I basically watched everyone else going mental uh, and buying loads of yarn. Um, but I've reached this kind of yarn stash stasis point at the moment where I just, I can't face adding any more to the stash until I get rid of some of it and knit some of it. I'll give some away, I'll do something with some of it because I just, I just want it to be free. So maybe I could give my children away and I'd have more time to knit that that is a possibility um but yeah I just I, there was just nothing that I was crying out to me enough for me to buy it other than a teeny tiny crochet hook uh, for doing beaded knitting because I'm planning on when when once she's written it and, and arranged it attending a workshop on beaded knitting with uh, Claire Divine uh, in Edinburgh whose book I reviewed last time she does workshops at Ginger Twist Studio, so I'm hoping to get down to one of those and and do that. So I have my little crochet hook ready. And I also bought a little darning needle holder. It's like a little kind of screw. It came with three different sizes of darning needle and it's a little screw top thing, little tube, so you can put other ones in there as well, which would be handy for my little kind of accoutrements bag. So I bought those. Um, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I was 
massively tempted by the £75 Addy circular 10mm needles that had a little see-through bit in the in the tips that was filled with Swarovski crystals. I was tempted. My budget did not stretch that far and I don't remember the last time I knitted with 10mm needles but still, very pretty, very cool. Reminded me of those, um, you can get some Swarovski crystal filled champagne glasses that um, completely needlessly over the top but sparkly and everyone loves sparkly don't they so yeah I was quite restrained and um, other people maybe not so much uh, <laughs> including Nick who not only bought loads more yarn but also bought loads more yarn in the exact same colours of yarn that she bought last time I was with her that she bought for the Malone jumper which was just hilarious she obviously likes that you know kind of like emeraldy green and magenta so that was really cool and, and well worth dropping in if you like your yarn. Um, in the afternoon we went into Chester and had a bit of a walk around and Nick gives a bit of a tour and tells about the Roman stuff and things which was really interesting and then we popped over to Patisserie Valerie to have some tea and cake and there was a pod retreat meetup. I got to meet some people that I've spoken to on the internet and never met in real life. Um, Kath Wood and Dee Bex were from Ravelry and also Daisy Frog who is neither a Daisy nor a Frog but is very lovely and uh, was chatting to them as well which was good though unfortunately there were some ladies down at the far end of the table that I just didn't get the chance to chat to because there was that many of us who were quite far away so yeah we had a bit of cake and then afterwards we had to take a detour on the way home to Toys R Us uh, other toy shops are available but I couldn't find the one I was looking for in Chester so I had to get an engine um, Her Britannic Majesty is obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine at the moment so I had to get her an engine to take home even though she refused for two days on the trot to speak to me on the phone I still got her an engine um, but there you go that's mummy's for you and uh, Amy enjoyed that thoroughly because she got to go and look at the uh, Doctor Who toys and uh, we've got to much malign pink Lego in fact, that was a bit of a theme of the week is how much pink Lego is irritating. But that is a whole other podcast, I think. And um, on the Saturday evening, we did a bit of a skill swap. And um, Liz showed us how to do beaded knitting. And that was really interesting. Nick taught us how to do toe knitting, toe braiding. Uh, and that is how the Vikings made ropes. And it, it, I can't explain it to you because I, I can't, I don't even know what she was doing. But she was doing something with her hands and the rope was attached, the, the yarn was attached to her toes and it was making a rope. Um, but it was very complicated. Um, so I haven't tried it since. For fear that I'll end up just kind of tied up and shaking in the corner of the room, really. Uh, but I also started my Fur Owl Knit Along, which is a knit along that's been run by Nick in the Yarns from the Plain podcast group. I have some a project called White and Colourful that I mentioned way back when on the on the podcast that I've wanted to do that was originally done by Suf, who is Anne, is one of the listeners, um, my lovely listeners, and uh, I've been wanting to do this pattern for ages, so I started it and I, and Nick showed me what to do and how she does her fair isle and I've cracked on with that on the way home. It's not the neatest or best fair isle. I don't think in the history of the world but it's not bad for a first attempt so I'm pretty pleased with it and I finished one mitten and I'm going to start the other one soon so hopefully there'll be pictures of that and maybe even a finished object for you uh, on the next podcast but if you would like to try Fair Isle or indeed join in with the knit along it is ongoing it only finishes on Easter Sunday 
So there are prizes to be won. So if you would like to give Feral a bit of a bash and want to knit along to cheer you along while you're doing it, then pop over to the Yarns from the Plane podcast group and join in the Knit Along fun. On the Sunday, it was just basically um, a get up and go, really. It was quite far uh, for me to go back. It's Like I say, it's five hours. So And I wanted to be back before bedtime because poor old Millie had been at home on his own with two children and two dogs for four days. So I wanted to get back uh, in time for that. But I'm very much looking forward to, hopefully, the next um, the next pod retreat. There's plans to take it uh, on the road around the country so um, I, re- well, I hope there'll be another one this year to be honest with you Nick, Amy, if you could possibly cope with it <laughs> it'd be awesome uh, and maybe we can even do one up in, in Bonnie, Scotland and that, and Louise Louise Caithness Croft Collective doesn't have to organise it I'll do it for her but we could have one in Scotland it'd be quite good fun so I think on with, with all the kind of crazy clone, clone swan art porn I think we better just move on to the pattern pick So back again with another pattern pick. Much easier this time uh, to pick one. And the pattern pick for this week is Unicorn. Which was inspired by a random sighting of a unicorn pattern. Which was in the hat right now. He's so hot right now. He's a hot potato. Name that film. Um, in the top 20 hat right nows in uh, Ravelry. Uh, and I just saw it and I thought this is too good an opportunity to miss there are bound to be some comedy patterns associated with unicorns and I have to tell you I was not disappointed so the pattern that inspired it all is the Unicorn Curl by Naomi Furtado which was uh, published in Ruby Knits it is a paid for pattern and it's $3.50 it is a pattern for a knitted unicorn, well, I've wrote balaclava slash snood. Probably snood is closer than balaclava because the, the, it's just one big face part, not, you know, little eye holes. Um, and it's done in a bulky yarn, so it'd be quite a quick knit. Uh, it's complete with ears and a little unicorn horn and a coloured mane. Uh, it looks really cute on the model and as I said it's a bulky yarn so it should be pretty quick to work up and it comes in all sizes from 3 to 6 months up to adult sized. Next up is the Arigarumi Unicorn Horn by Juliana McDuffie. This is a free pattern for a crocheted Amigurumi Unicorn Horn which you can attach to a, a hairband so that you can wear it and I've just quoted some from the uh, pattern description it says inspired by my four-year-old for dressing up and making believe with with a silver thread woven in it's unicornalicious <laughs> which is probably the best adjective I've heard all week to be honest with you unicornalicious um, don't say that when you've had a few drinks uh, but yeah that would be quite cool it's quite handy kind of way to attach it to your head without the need for chin straps more on those later next up and obviously not a pattern pick goes by where we don't shoehorn in a cat looking stupid in some kind of knitwear so we have the unicorn costume pet cat dog hat headband 
covering all bases there by Lindsay Smith. This is a paid for pattern, it's $5 and it is a crocheted unicorn headband for a cat or a small dog. The horn is three dimensional and stuffed and it basically the little the headband is tied under the chin. I can only assume it's tied very tightly uh, to keep it on said unsuspecting animal. And she says, this is made for a cat, but it could also fit an average sized Chihuahua, Pomeranian or Shih Tzu. If you like this, check out my other pet costume hats. Well, that was pretty much a red rag to a bull. So I had to smash straight into her back catalogue of patterns and it would seem there are an entire range of hats of various different uh, themes all of which have been modelled by her pet cat. Now I can only assume this cat it is actually a stuffed one. I think it's a taxidermy cat. I think it's actually dead and she just uses it to model her, her, her cat hats because nobody I know has got a cat who would sit there and pose with bunny ears on or, or indeed a frog mask. Um, with the same face every time, so I, I think I think it's just I think it's a dead cat personally. But if if, if you feel a need to humiliate your cats by putting a unicorn hat on it, please don't do it to the small dogs. The small dogs have not asked for this. Um, then that pattern, you know, think about queuing it. But just in case you do need a unicorn hat for your dog, you could check out the unicorn dog hat by Sarah Sack, which is. $3.99 and it is a crocheted dog hat for small dogs. I don't think I've seen a more peed off looking dog modelling ridiculous knitwear yet. And I have seen some dogs in knitwear, let me tell you. Um, I don't know whether it's annoyed just because the hat's made out of acrylic or whether it's just like, dude, have you seen the state of this hat on my head? There are no projects this I'm not entirely surprised and I don't understand again why it's always the small dogs that get all the jip surely it'd be far more funny to put a dog hat with a unicorn horn and some rainbow hair on a rottweiler I mean am I missing something obvious here it would be more hilarious so yeah if you want a hat for your small dog and you know you want him to hate you forever and we on the side of your couch I'd recommend making that if we didn't need to get any more weird really then you could make a unicorn headband for your 18 inch doll uh, the pattern's $4.50 and it's by Natalie Scrimshire the doll looks a little bit creepy I don't know if it's just the angle that they've taken the picture at but it looks like the ears on the unicorn hat headband look like little devil horns I mean they're not in the right colour but they are the shape of devil horns so, again, I don't think there are very many projects for that either. I'm certainly not going to be making one for Poppy, but for Izzy, no way. So, anyway, onwards, onwards again um, to the dueling unicorn hat by Benjamin Wilson. This is a free pattern for a unicorn hat, complete with a chin strap. And it was solely chosen initially due to the main project picture of... Um, of a chap wearing this hat leapfrogging over a post I mean that's going to make you click if nothing else does but then I clicked on it and I saw the description which reads on guard whether you are one of these virgin gloving medieval beasties 
a saccharine fairy sick steed or a badass baby eating shadavar the time has now come to defend yourself unicorns of the world prepare to battle the unicorn hat is knit in the round and fits even my freakishly large head the bridal detail ensures a chic close fit and ensures that you remain armed even in the most violent of combat situations <laughs> which i just thought was hilarious i'm like can you really imagine it's not it's not war horse or anything is it unicorns fighting it's kind of not how it goes but this this guy looks hilarious and his mates got on a different picture with it on as well they, looked like they had a right good laugh uh, mincing around some town centre taking pictures for that project so check that one out and the last one was, I was just really impressed by this one, so I've put it in. It's not even that funny, really, but uh, it's quite impressive. It's called Fanciful Friends by Nina Isaacson. It is $9.99 and it is a knitted pattern for a hobby horse head. But obviously it's not a hobby horse, it's a hobby unicorn. And in that description it says... Whether vanquishing villains or racing under rainbows, any child will have imaginative adventures while romping around on a hobby horse. The unicorn head is knit similarly to a, similarly to an oversized sock and styled with a colourful mane, a matching tail for the child to wear and, of course, a golden horn. So, if your child is bored of their ordinary hobby horse, maybe you could make it a fanciful friend instead? That concludes the unicorn pattern pick for this week. If you would like to check out any of those patterns, they will be in a set in my queue on Ravelry. Yes, I actually have to queue all of these items, including the dodgy thongs, etc. Um, and I will put a link to the, that in the show notes if you're not sure where to find that. And you can check out all of these projects too. Well, folks, that's pretty much it for this week. I, th- I think you've had quite enough of the sci-fi 70s clone porn art and the unicorns and the swans <laughs> for, for one week. Thank you very much for listening and for joining me again. And thank you to any new listeners that have joined us this time. Hopefully you'll be back again. Possibly not, depending on how you feel about uh, fantasy porn art. And um, all that remains for me to do is to wish you a great week. Happy crafting and I'll speak to you all again soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for the podcast can be found on the blog at shinybees.com. I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry and on Twitter. Shiny Bees group on Facebook. You can email me at info at shinybees.com or leave a comment on the blog. Everything relating to The Golden Skein can be found at thegoldenskein.com. Music for this episode was kindly provided by Music Alley by Adam and the Walter Boys, I Need a Drink. <laughs> <laughs>